Robert Gerrish here, founder of Flying Solo. This episode is supported by Flying Solo's premium membership, stacks of low-cost tools and promotional benefits to help your business thrive. More details on the website. Now onto the show, and today I'm speaking with Kate Chrissy. Hello, Kate. It's great to have you back again. Thank you very much. It's lovely to talk to you. Yeah, well, look, I know we normally talk to you with your uh, Time Stylers hat on. And today, I guess we'll, I no doubt, we'll go into the topic of time. Um, but we're going to look at a slightly broader topic, which is how do we kind of end the year on a high and ensure that we're setting ourselves up well for the start of a new year? It is that kind of time of year, isn't it? So what do you reckon, Kate? What should we be doing? Look, it's it's an interesting time of year when you're a small business owner because I think one of two things can happen. You can kind of take the uh, the foot off the pedal, if you like, and, and cruise into the end of the year thinking, well, you know, I'm coming to Christmas, things are going to be naturally busy or not, um, and I'll just take the foot off because I'm going to have a bit of a break uh, after Christmas and then I'll ramp up again in the new year. And I think that that's a mistake. I think a better approach is to realise that we've still got a couple of really solid months left of 2019. So apart from the fact that we want to use our time really well in getting ready for 2020, we also want to really maximise this year and to start reaching out to clients, for example, that we haven't spoken to for a while. Mm. So I guess my first tip would be don't wait until... 2020, you know, it, it seems like people have this arbitrary sort of date of, you yes. know, I'll, I'll do it, you know, in the new year. Yes. Well, you know, my New Year's resolutions will push me to do it in the new year. Mm. Um, and and that's a mistake because we've still got a couple of months left and there's plenty you can be doing now to generate work pre-Christmas but also to generate Heaps of work post Christmas. Yeah, look. So I guess that's my first tip. Yeah, that's a great point, and I and I think you know part of what you kind of alluded to there is in in that what you were speaking about, just as an example that you you kind of came up with, is getting back in touch with people maybe that we haven't spoken to for a while, and I think within that is perhaps um, you know a really good point is that is that at this time of year some you know some of our customers, some of our suppliers. Are starting to get a little bit either as you said either frantically busy or a little bit laid back um, but the point is I think there are some particular actions that we can do in our business that are just ideal for this time of year and you know depending on the nature of your customers businesses if they've got a business that's a bit quiet it's a great time to be renewing contact and catching up with them a little bit before the true silly season starts don't you think? I think it is. And I think that you, um, I like to talk about that as having a really solid plan B. Mm. So if you are in um, a quieter period now, then you need to turn to your, your plan B and start forging and, and, and remaking those connections. If you are in a busy period, then just don't take your eye off the ball with plan B because you can, you need to keep filling that pipeline. So one of the things I would be suggesting is you reach out to customers, suppliers, clients, and others, and it's not just a sales call. You know, this is a relationship that you're managing. So it's a how are you, but perhaps a second tip is once you've reached out with um, to, to your cohort, if you like, or to your client base, mm. is rather than 
talking sales and how they're doing and what are you doing and uh, is there an opportunity for more, maybe take the approach of saying, well, I'm going to spend, say, all of the rest of October, I'm going to spend November, rather than pitching business, I'm going to go out, reach out to my network and pitch partnerships Mm. as an example. Um, What could we do together um, that we can start planning now for release in 2020 that's mm. going to be a win-win for both of us. That's a, and that's it a great takes idea. the pressure off sales. Yeah, that's a lovely idea. And I think because so many people, I reckon, use that sort of, um, you know, the holiday period as a time to kind of ponder and contemplate. And so if if as business owners we're kind of sowing a seed just before that saying, hey, what about we – partner up and do things a little differently in the 2020 you know why don't you go and on your deck chair and have a think about it and i'll go and sit on mine and have a think about it and we'll catch up in you know late jan or something that's a lovely seed to sow that you're suggesting there isn't it it is and look it works very very well because uh let's face it you know we're all pretty busy and so if you can be the person or the business that sows that seed for a great partnership you're more likely to achieve the type of partnership that you personally are looking for that's going to create a great win for you mm. and for the person you're partnering with. Um, it's also just a really nice creative way to take the pressure off the thought of just direct sales or direct-to-market sales. Yep, great um, point. And, and, and most of the time, um, partnerships done well and uh, done with that win-win intent in mind can be phenomenally successful and lucrative and, and broaden your network. And so it is a perfect time to be thinking about those. What do mm. we want to be doing for the new year in terms of our partners? Mm. Love it. Okay, so I'm, I'm kind of writing down some, you know, some summarizing some tips as we go. So first one I reckon is reinforce the relationship. Great time to kind of do that with those around us. Then I love this sort of nugget of sowing a seed. So um, suggesting a partnership is, is a great way to do that. What else can we be doing? I think it's also a good time to really consider your brand coming into the end of the year and then 2020. And look, doesn't 2020 just have the most magnificent ring about it? 2020 just sounds mm. so great. Well, it's and a, I think a good year for anything kind of vision related, isn't it? 2020 for your it vision. It is. And so I think that... It's a great time to start thinking about your personal brand and and what and your business brand and what you want to tweak or change or reinforce or launch into 2020. Mm. Because there's no point in sort of taking that if you're in the business in 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 a, in a business that is quiet in January, um, don't wait until January to set your strategies up for this stuff because you're missing a month. Yes, yes, you'll hit the ground running in February, but you're already a month into the year. So you need to have these things locked and loaded at the end of the year so that you can relaunch or promote or tweak your new brand, you know, one, two, three, fourth of January and start getting that messaging out. And it's absolutely going to give you the lead on this because all of your competitors are going to be waiting until the end of January. Mm. Another lovely point. And I think it's also something like that, which is opening up the sort of creative side of our brain, I guess, to be thinking about our brand, as you say, our personal or our business brand, is it's one of those things that's just such a pleasure to do when we've got a little bit of time, you know, when we're perhaps on a drive somewhere or we are sitting somewhere or we 
oh, might just need to escape the family for a few hours or some such thing over the period. <laughs> you know, it's a great little sort of project almost to take in your mind and, uh, you know, and really carry with you and think about, isn't it? And do some research, buy some books maybe. You know, a lovely topic to, to delve into. I like that one. Okay, number four. So I this one's more of a logistical uh, tip. What I would suggest you do is go to um, an office works or an office supplier and buy yourself a couple of different uh, colours of liquid chalk. Ooh. So it's, it's like um, it's like a permanent marker, but it's it's obviously not permanent. It's chalk, um, but you can it's it becomes a on the go. Um, tool to allow you to think about these things around, say, you know, your partnerships or think about what your brand's going to be. But it basically gives you the opportunity to be wherever you are or wherever you're working from coming into that silly season and into the new year. Um, all you need is a mirror or a window mm. um, and you've got your liquid chalk and that's, you can start planning and strategizing. You could be on a camping trip with your family and you've got the caravan windows. You could be going into a hotel and you've got the mirror or the windows in the hotel. It's, it just wipes off this stuff. But it is so great. It's basically creating an enormous whiteboard with you that you can travel with in, you know, as part of your stationary kit. Uh, that's just, lo I just love that. So I think what we're doing is we're saying to everybody, you know, you've seen your kids go out and with their sp cans of spray paint and tagging the place. Now it's time for us to do it. The grown-ups can do it. So I love that. I'm sure we grown-up graffiti. Yes. Just make sure you take a photo of it and then wipe it off. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can imagine hotels and uh, caravans all over the period being being covered in colours. So that's a great idea. So we can use any kind of surface. And again, it's bringing out that creative side. It's a way that we can, I guess we could be mind mapping, we could be strategizing, writing random ideas. But uh, I love exactly. that idea, particularly for somebody perhaps listening who maybe hasn't done that. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. And if you've not experienced it, even if you don't think you're that kind of person, I'm sure you'd agree, Kate. Give it a go because you can be very surprised with, with what comes out. Yeah, look, I it it does it is something that I think if you once you start doing it and you get used to doing it, I think you um, then there's probably an assumption, oh everybody does this, but but they actually don't. And often when I'm presenting or I'm speaking to audiences and I'll I'll say, you know, who mind maps, who who has who writes and visualizes and articulates and uses liquid chalk or butcher's paper and so many people don't. Mm. And I think it's just a brilliant way of getting all of those competing thoughts out of your head and giving you really wonderful clarity. Mm. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to summarize that as brainstorm in color. So what else have you got? What else, <laughs> what else can we do? Look, I, I think another one, something that I've certainly scheduled time in for coming towards the end of the year is around setting myself up for success next year with things like social media, with blogging, um, making sure that I'm building or creating a big long list of things that I can write about or blog about or talk to my clients about and it doesn't mean I, I'm going to write them now I don't have time to write them now you know we are coming into that silly season and we are all crazy busy but all it takes is for you to schedule in a two-hour batch of time where you then write down or map out or use your liquid chalk and just create 50 ideas of things that you can blog about 
Um, it's just your list. Uh, you can blog about it later, but then what you've done is you've created your go-to list for a blog a week for 2020, and you then never have to do that again. And it's just a matter of then of sitting down and actually writing those pieces and it keeps you current. Um, I'd be posting them on all your platforms on LinkedIn or wherever it is that it works best for you. But take the time in the next three months to write that list so that you're going to have a blog a week for next year. Wow. I mean, I could imagine, Kate, some people listening to that will go, you are kidding. How am I going to come up with 50 ideas? I struggle to come up with one. What would you say to that person? <laughs> I would say go back to the previous tip. <laughs> go and buy some liquid chalk. And Once you start writing this stuff down, you will be amazed at how much um, how many ideas you've got in your head. I would start with the concept of, you know, what's most important to your clients? Uh, what questions do your clients ask you? What problems are you solving for? Uh, when you read about something that's interesting in the paper or in the news that you think impacts your product or your service, that's something you can write about. Talk to your kids. Look around you. See what other people are writing about. What are other people talking about? You know, can you talk about your products? Can you talk about pricing? Um, there are so many different things or aspects of your business that you can write about. And the bottom line is it's, it's storytelling. So if you are absolutely completely stuck, then maybe think about, well, why did I start my business? What is my purpose? Why, why do I love doing what I do? Um, and, and tell a little bit of a story or share a bit of a journey about how you created what it is you do. And that's going to give you one or two blogs. And then think about, well, what sort of customers do I love working with? Mm. That'll give you another couple of blogs. Um, what, would I, what do I hope for my year next year? That'll give you another couple of blogs. Um, it's, it's, it's not hard. It really isn't. Once you get the creative juices flowing... Um, and, and jump online and read other people's blogs. What are they writing about? And it's not a matter of copying them, but it's a matter of saying, well, how can I get some inspiration from this to um, share something similar with my clients? Yeah, I love that. Look, I think it's so interesting um, hearing you say that. And, and, you know, clearly you're um, very skilled at coming up with lots of ideas. Uh, you know, you're proficient at writing. You've done a lot of writing. Um, what I what I do find interesting when I've come across people who have have sort of had a bit of a struggle with it is it it, it is as you're suggesting there it's kind of all about the questions you ask yourself and where you look isn't it you just need to almost have the um, and I've probably mentioned this to you before but it's kind of start thinking like a an investigative reporter you know start looking at things like what's really interesting what are people talking about in my space what you know, what what, what uh, questions are they asking me, as you've suggested? And if we sort of, um, if, if we adopt that persona, we become, our antennae is just sort of turned up, don't you think? We start to become aware of things. I completely agree. I think once you set yourself that challenge of, say, creating the, the titles, the 50 blogs, you're, you're switching on a, you know, you're flicking a switch and it's kind of the curiosity switch, I call it, where you start having conversations and you look at them through a different light or someone will say something and you'll think, oh, God, that's a good idea or, or I'd love to use that quote or I'd love to think about that as an article. You start to analyse your interactions just with, through a different lens mm. and 
have a piece of paper or have your notebook. I mean, I've got my trusty notebook and pen, which I take everywhere with me. Um, jot the ideas down as they come to you so that when you come to creating this big wrong list, you'll probably find you've already got 20 ideas that you've jotted down throughout the year anyway. Mm. It's interesting. I remember you just reminded me of um, when I started uh, way back in, I don't know, before the turn of the century, uh, my sort of my my coach training. There was there was something that they they taught us in my training that I thought was was absolutely absurd at the time, but it, it's proven to be so valuable. Is when I've asked someone a question and they don't know, like I might say, okay, what are you going to? What are you planning to do that's different in your business next year? And the response might be, I've got no idea. And in sort of coaching parlance, or certainly it was when I learned, the, the response to that would be, well, if you did have an idea, what would it be? So, <laughs> so you're kind of refusing to accept they don't have an idea. But what's amazing is every single time I've used that slightly ludicrous sounding question, you know, if you had an idea, what would it be? And then just zip my lips and keep quiet. An idea always pops up. And I use it with my teenage son. You know, he says, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, if you did know what you're going to do, what would you do? You know, just and so it's it is a matter of of, of um, inquiring of ourselves and just not not accepting that we don't have some ideas somewhere. We just need to keep pushing, don't you think? I do, and I I think I, I so agree with you that it's about not accepting that there's no idea, um, but it's also then about it's almost about giving yourself or giving the person you're questioning permission to just dream to just. Mm articulate something it, it doesn't have to I think oftentimes people are sort of worried that they're going to sound stupid or silly or um, that they're shooting too high or too low or that they're completely you know off their rocker and I think by sort of pushing back and just saying well just, you know if you were to think that you might have an idea what might that idea be mm. um, the ludicrousness of it of the concept I guess gives people permission to say well actually um, and, and, and start the dialogue. Mm, definitely. And it's funny, I was talking to um, a writer, a guy who's writing a uh, book of fiction recently, and I was talking to him about what do you do when you've just got no ideas? And he said, well, you just keep writing. And uh, he said, even if, even if you're writing gibberish, you've just got to keep writing. Um, and I'm thinking now of your sort of mirror, and I'm imagining these poor mirrors all over the country now that are being completely covered <laughs> in colour. Um, but just keep writing, and then your brain kind of gets into the habit, and then you know stuff starts to flow, doesn't it? So, look, those are some great tips. So I'm going to I'm going to run over them again. Then I'm going to see if you've got one other in you that you can wrap up for us. So what we've got is just reinforce the relationship. So use this period as a great time to look at your relationships with your customers, suppliers, and just reinforce them. Uh, suggest a partnership. So sow a seed of some kind of partnership for something for next year. I love that. Consider the brand, you, whether it's your personal brand, your business brand. You know, what are you going to do with it? What can you tweet? What can you launch? Lovely bit of thinking there. Um, buy some different colored liquid chalk and brainstorm in color. I'm so going to do that. Um, and finally, generate a topic list. So you set the bar high. Let's come up with 50 topics. Sounds good to me. Anything else, Kate, to wrap us up? Yeah, look, I think the number one thing that you need to be doing in the coming months prior to hitting 2020 is you need to set your goals for next year. Um, so you need to have a, a 2020 plan, but you also need to have a 2025 plan. Ooh. So you've got to start with your audacious five-year plan. 
where am I, what is my business happening, what's happening to my business across, you know, your finances, your family, your career, your lifestyle, your personal development, your health. What does 2025 look like for you? Mm-hmm. And then work backwards from there and understand that you want it to be big and hairy and audacious. You have to shoot for the stars. Um, and then use that liquid chalk, start mind mapping and break it down so that you know exactly what you have to do in 2020 to make sure you're getting to where you want to be in 2025. Sounds good to me. All right. And I think also we're allowed, if we get a bit of time in the next few months, to do nothing. We can do that too, can't we? Oh, I can't tell you. I've already blocked out all of January. (laughs) All of January. (laughs) Nice. All right. Well, look, Kate Christie, thank you so much for for joining us. So if you want to find out more about you, timestylers.com is the place to go. Um, Have yourself a great break if we don't talk again. And thank you for sharing your time with uh, Flying Solo pleasure thank you now this episode was supported by flying solos premium membership stacks of low-cost tools and promotional benefits to help your business thrive more details on the website and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo and your host robert gerrish we'd love to receive feedback even a brief review for those listening via itunes if you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in check out our bestseller flying solo how to go it alone in business it includes everything we know about working on your own and of course we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au 